Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. So I think so many of us have dreams and things that we want to do. We talk ourselves out of them. We watch other people do it and succeed. And it leaves us with regret and envy. Mm-hmm. So what I also say is go to where your envy is. Right. Like I can celebrate these amazing women running for Congress and winning because even though I didn't win, I tried. But I'll tell you this, if I'm being honest, if had I never tried, I wouldn't even be able to turn on CNN. Right. You know, like because you would be envious that they have it. Because I would be envious. Mm -hmm. Hi there. I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, and you're listening to season two of The Females a podcast that deep dives into the world of women, work, and what it takes to build a successful and fulfilling career on your terms. This season will focus on disruption. From disrupting industries to old narratives and definitions of success, and even disrupting new ways of thinking. Today's interview is with Reshma Sirjani, founder of Girls Who Code, author of Brave Not Perfect, and a woman working to disrupt the perfection trap. Whether or not you identify as an official perfectionist or not, you can probably relate to preferring things to go a certain way, making an effort to avoid failure, and maybe even accepting the less risky career move. And that's exactly how Reshma was living her life, in the safe lane. But it wasn't until she ran for public office and lost big time and very publicly that she realized that being brave was so much better than perfect. On the final episode for season two, Reshma will share how striving for perfection can lead to disappointment, why women are more wired to be afraid of failure than men, and what you can do today to take your first step toward brave, not perfect. And if you want to know what we have planned for our summer season of The Females, make sure to listen till the very end where we're sharing some very fun and exciting new announcements. And now, this is The Females. All right. Well, you are a New York Times bestselling author and founder of Girls Who Code. But before all that, what were you doing? Oh, my God. I was like crying to my best friend about how I wanted to quit. (laughs) You know, look, my parents came here as refugees. I was like the ultimate good girl, like went to the right schools, worked at the right places, made the sacrifices that I was supposed to make to make my parents happy. And I always kind of, I don't know if you told yourself this, but I always like, okay, life is long. So right. like when I'm older, I'll do that. Right. But when I, I grow up, when I'll I grow this. up, right? And I think when you are getting your early 30s, you're like, oh my God, like I'm not young anymore. 
And so really kind of woke up at age 33, just miserable in the job that I was in. And I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And I knew I had to get out and take a risk. Mm -hmm. You were a lawyer? or I was a lawyer working in finance. And that seems like extra miserable. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> like I had like a desk on a trading floor. And I remember like my best friend called me and I just walked into this windowless conference room and I just started bawling. And she was like, my friend Deepa was like, just quit. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. And then I like called my dad and he was like, yep, just quit. You know, and I was like, great. Like I'm going to run for Congress. Right. I just went all <laughs> the way there Right after this kind of revelation that I had permission to live the life that I wanted to live. is Do you ever look back and think, like, it's funny that you called your dad to basically say, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Are you going to be okay with this sort of plan B? No, because it's funny. As I'm writing, as I wrote this book, I think a lot of us suffer from perfectionism, and there's somebody we're trying to impress. Right. Somebody we're trying to please. Or we want to run our decisions through. Correct. And that was my father. It's always been my father, right? He was the person that I think I seek validation from, who I wanted the, good job, honey. You know right. what I mean? You're, <laughs> you're doing it right. And he was the one, in the many ways, who I needed permission from to free me, other than myself. Right, right. Interesting. And, and you mentioned in the book, you had your first brave act, which you just kind of yeah. talked about, which was running for Congress. Uh, you, you're not really into baby steps, clearly. No, no. Well, and why it was my first brave act? Because it was the first thing that I did where I took a risk and I put it all on the line, really put it on the line. And I realized that like, when I lost, it didn't crush me. Right. It didn't break me. I think a lot of times we literally think that if we fail, we will physically be broken. Right. We will be on the floor our hearts shattered in pieces, and we will not be able to recover. Right. And I think it's that feeling that this I won't be able to recover is what prevents us from doing the big, bold thing. Yeah, or how will I recover if that happened? I mean, right. I, and I also think it's interesting because your mind goes to worst-case scenario, like if I fail or when I fail, how will I recover? Oh, I won't recover, so I'll just stay where I'm yeah. You know, it's like we play out the worst-case scenario yeah. before we've even taken the, the, the thought into, yeah. but what if it works? And for me, the worst-case scenario happened to me. So I lose this race. It's not even close. Like no one's like, oh, well, you know, not really <laughs> close. I'm broke. I spent all my savings on not working that, those, essentially those 10 months. I'm humiliated. P- people are laughing at me. I'm someone who doesn't like, like, I don't like to feel ashamed. Right. And I knew the day after my election that people were like literally laughing at me. So all in, I didn't know what to do next. I had no contingency plan. I had no plan B. And all my worst nightmare happened, but I still wasn't broken. Right. I was still okay. I like that you say I didn't have a plan B because I do feel like part of perfectionism is also being obsessed with sort of having a plan B. Yeah. B, C, D, E, you know, the whole alphabet. I mean, can we talk a little bit about that? How do you kind of, how do you embrace the unplanned a little bit more? I mean, I think that's what's fun. Like, you know, at the end of the day, perfection, being a perfectionist is boring. Right. Right? It's really boring. And being brave is actually having fun. It's actually joyful. Like, the not knowing, the not knowing what's going to happen. And I think it's especially true. I don't know if this is for you, but, like, I often feel like because we live in the success culture, when the thing that happens happens, it actually doesn't feel as good as you think it's going to feel. And when the thing that you wanted doesn't happen, that is actually a more real feeling that you feel by failure than you actually do by success. Right. And if we were to use that in like really common terms, I always think about 
when you go out like New Year's Eve, there's this high expectation that you're going to, you know, have the best time of your yeah. life. And when you don't, you're so disappointed. But when you go out on just a random night and you have a lot of fun, you're like, that was so fun. But it's it's, it's not yes. different. It's the expectation. And you kind of talk a lot about how women were raised to be perfectionists and men weren't. And ultimately, that's leading us to more disappointment. So yeah. where where did the like change happen between men and women? I think it, on the playground as right. young as 30 months. Like all you have to do is like sit on the playground and you'll see like – we encourage our boys of like, you know, crawl high, jump high, you know, be rough and tumble. And we tell our girls to like, be quiet, be careful, don't get your dress too dirty. Right. And so from a youngest age, we are protecting and coddling and telling our girls to like dim themselves. Yeah. And we're telling our boys to kind of be rough and take up space. And so that sense of freedom to just be starts with boys at such a young age and we start silencing ourselves we start that toxic people pleasing that voice that's critical of ourselves shows up in our head around eight years old Mm -hmm. and from then it's like downhill and do you think that's why women also come up with like as you said the checklist like go to the right school wear the right thing make the right friend or you know what you were mentioning I was kind of this perfect child yeah and we're kind of sold that on television and on movies and in culture and in magazines right it's like find the perfect man be the perfect size too like be really nice and sweet like make it's all of those things and there's a lot of pressure and also oftentimes what's worse is when you do all those things when you are really thin and beautiful and have the great job and the magical husband and you're just sitting there like this is it yeah is this my life so much of that is like, I'm perfect, but I'm not happy. What happened? What's wrong with me? Right, right. Okay, so we're on board with this. Okay, let's say, you know, we agree we're on board that perfectionism isn't working and bravery is. How do we actually do that? And I know your book has a lot of tips on how to actually yeah. do that. So can we talk specifics totally. about that? Because I think bravery is like building a muscle and it's a mindfulness technique just like meditation is. But being brave, not perfect is like something that you have to practice at and you fall on and off the wagon. It's not like one and done. And so some of my strategies are, one, it starts with, like, you can't be brave if you're tired. So you got to take care of yourself, whether that's sleeping, getting to the gym, meditating, you know, making that doctor's appointment that you've put off. Like, get healthy. Right. You know, feel like you are healthy enough, have enough sleep to be brave. Second thing I always say is, like, practice, you know, uh, practice imperfection. So oftentimes it's like send an email with a typo in it that's slightly consequential with no emojis and no explanation points. Right. Right. We spend so much time reading and rewriting our emails but making sure that they have our smiley faces and like hours on end when we could be doing something else. And is that a good, um, like, sending the email with the typo? That's, like, a good first step for someone who's, the, you know, who yes. claim that I'm the ultimate perfectionist. It's, like, try doing one imperfect thing. Try one showing up thing. somewhere messy. Yes. One imperfect thing. Go outside without your legs shaved. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, like, sometimes just when I get, you know, if I'm, I travel a lot and my hair looks better, you know, if I sleep in rollers in my head. And so if I got, like, a night flight, I just show up to the airport with some curlers in my head. And people look I at me that. like I'm crazy. But it's, like, I'm practicing my imperfection. Right. The second, you know, the, the next thing I'd say is, you know, do something you suck at. Right? Every man I know has something he likes. Tennis, golf, fantasy football. He's not good at it. Right. He just likes it. Most women I know don't have something that they enjoy 
that they're not good at. So it's like, I'm not going to that soul cycle class until I'm in shape. Like, that's crazy. So like I do yoga or I try to surf and I'm not good at it. There's literally a five-year-old on a, you know, headstand next to me. And I'm like crying, barely getting my feet up on the board, but it feels good to do something that I like that I'll never be good at. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too, because you started Girls Who Code and you don't code. No. So I don't know that that's an imperfection, but it's kind of a daring thing to say, I'm going to launch a company where I don't know how to do the thing yeah. too. It's bold. And it's like, I should have been paralyzed by the fear that I would get on this podcast and you would ask me like archaic questions about algorithms or variables. <laughs> and I'd be like, but the thing is, is I had passion for it. And like, I was interested in it. And I learned. And that was that's something also about just taking one step. If I had sat there after I ran and said, I'm going to build a global movement to teach millions of girls to code, I would have never started. Right. But I started by saying, I'm going to buy a URL. I'm going to just get 20 girls, put them in a conference room that my, my friend gave me, and I'm going to teach them how to code. That was manageable. Right. So like, just start. Like, Take one step. In your book, when you talk about first steps to bravery, is there any type of like tracking system or something like what we're talking about where it's like, okay, take the first step and then you graduate? Or is this something where you said it's just a mindset and something you need to practice all the time? Yeah, I think it's about identifying what your practices are going to be. So mm-hmm. maybe you're going to say, all right, my my bravery, my, the three things like I'm going to take on is like practicing imperfection, just starting, and you know what I mean, uh, building my mindset. So this week I am going to meditate, you know what yeah. I mean, once. This week, I'm going to send one email with a typo in it and see what happens. This week, I am going to like stop staring at my dirty closet and just clean one shelf. Right. And then you realize as you start having these practices that you start feeling braver in your life. And then to me, this is all in the pursuit of living our life for ourselves and not for others. Absolutely. And about like saying what we want to say. Right. Which goes back to what you were talking about earlier where you're when you're... 30 months old or something like that, you start building your life around other people's expectations. And then you never truly know what you want because you've never, I mean, for your whole life, it's never been at the forefront of your thought process, right? Yeah, totally. And this is about being building everyday courage. I mean, you see bravery on the biggest stage, six women running for president, powerful men taken down by me too. But still, you know, so many of us will walk down the street and someone will bump into us and we'll say, I'm sorry. Right. Or we'll say yes to, you know, helping a friend move out of their house when we don't have time. Yeah. And so I want women to learn everyday bravery, the bravery to live their lives for themselves, to be brave like women. And then I promise you, like that bravery on the big stage is going to happen everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. In your book, you talk about the sisterhood and the ugliness of women not supporting other women with one unifying truth, um, which is that we're scared of being outshunned, outranked, outdone, or knocked down by another woman. So we strike first. Mm. And I was really moved by that comment because that strike first mentality doesn't lend itself to bravery. And and you you say that in your book. Um, So let's discuss that. And what can women do to support other women, especially support female minority groups? Because I do think there is a little bit of that you know, we strike first because we don't want to be outshunned. And, and as you said, that's not bravery. No, it's not. And I and it's also like, where does that come from? So I think so many of us have dreams and things that we want to do. We talk ourselves out of them. We watch other people do it and succeed. And it leaves us with regret and envy. Mm-hmm. So what I also say is go to where your envy is. Right. Like I can celebrate these amazing women running for Congress and winning. Because even though I didn't win, I tried. 
But I'll tell you this, if I'm being honest, if had I never tried, I wouldn't even be able to turn on CNN. Right. You know, like... Because you would be envious that they have it. Because I would be envious. And I don't feel envy because I tried. And so I always say to women, go where your envy is. Go where that is. And that's, and that's why we start striking first. Yeah. Because we are all walking around with so much regret and envy of the things that we never did. But if we did those things, we don't feel that toxic towards right. one another. And our entire energy changes. And we really do genuinely build this sisterhood. Yeah, and I think there's a sense of perfectionism where because you it's almost like we've been told that you can have it all or you should do it all, so we want it all. And so it's almost like you're striking. Sometimes you don't even know why you're striking. You're yeah. just like, I don't know, I I don't want to not have that. You know, yeah. I don't want to not be in the running for that promotion. I don't want to not be, I don't know, potentially collaborating with you yeah. on XYZ project. You or know? or sharing my contact with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like or and I and I find that we're the women who I know that are the most generous are the ones who actually have no regrets, who do the things that they want to do, who make bold decisions, who fail all the time. And so they don't feel like they have to hold on tightly. Right. You know, I'll find myself when you walk down the street and you immediately be like, ooh, her butt's big. Yeah. Or why is her hair like that? Yeah. I can't believe she's wearing that outfit. That is coming from our own insecurity about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, my mom always says, um, like, when someone makes a comment about you like that, they're telling you more about themselves than they are about you. And you're like, oh, that's so true. And, and it, you know, having that perspective, sometimes it works well and you, like, let it go. And other times you get really hurt by the comment. Yeah. And men don't really do that. No, they don't. At all. They don't. Because they don't have that sense uh, they haven't been raised the same way that we have, right? Because perfectionism comes hand in hand with that critic in our head that starts comparing us to others. Right. Yeah, I read I read somewhere in, I don't, I don't remember the report, but it did say that women are more um, likely to compare themselves than men. Like, mm-hmm. it's like... Oh, for sure. I mean, have you ever... Like, I've never heard my husband compare himself to anybody. No. Or cut no. anybody down. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just, he doesn't, he doesn't have that. Uh, no, not, my husband would never spend time yeah. talking about that. And, and why, so when you were doing research for this book and talking to other women, why do you think that is? So what I found is that it's around eight years old that, like, girls start getting that voice, that critic in their head, and they start watching their mothers. So they hear us say, did you see what she's wearing? Oh, my God, I cannot believe that she oh. did that. And they start mimicking us. Wow. And like basically taking on our behavior. And so all of this stuff is very passed on generation from generation to generation. Right. It's not their natural state to be like that as children. They learn that. Right. Absolutely. Do you think our generation with books like yours and conversations like this, do you think our generation will raise girls differently and that we're already doing that? I hope so. But I think we got to throw out all the parenting books that we have because I think for so long we thought, oh, to build confidence – you know what I mean? I'm going to basically make you feel like you are spectacular. So if you suck at soccer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you out and put you into gymnastics. Right. And so we, we built their confidence, but we killed their resilience. Right. So now we need to create a generation of young girls that have a lot of resilience and that don't take feedback personally, right? Can handle being mediocre, right? Can live up to their fullest potential by realizing what they want to do. That is a different strategy than the ones that we've been employing. The other thing is like... I mean, social media does not help right. I was in terms of that. like spiking our anxiety levels. 
And you talk about that in your book too. I, I was uh, reading the chapter last night where some little girl posted something on Instagram and a bully makes a comment about it. And so therefore she never posts, posts again. again. Yeah. What role do you think? I mean, and I guess maybe less for girls and more for women. Like how is, how is that playing a role in like, should we get off social media? I mean, cause it's also kind of a nice way to stay in touch with people, which yeah. is this catch 22. I mean, listen, when I started doing this, I started posting failure Fridays. Mm-hmm. So it's like, instead of saying like, I'm going to post a perfect life on Instagram, and so make everybody feel bad. I'm going to tell you how I screwed up. Right. Like like my family, you know, trip to India was just a nightmare. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it took my son on like my date with my husband. I mean, like, you know, and I think we need to be more honest. Yeah. I do think that audiences are reacting better to that. Like they want mm-hmm. authenticity. So, you know, years ago when the Pinterest first started, everybody was into that perfectly curated Pinterest life, right? Like that became a saying. And now people are saying, no, no, no. I don't want the Pinterest curated version of you. I want your authentic self. And authenticity is also an overused word at this point, but people want that. They want to see the realness and they just want to know. And I think part of it is for perfectionists, especially like they want to know that there's other people who are struggling with this like they are. Yeah. No, I, I think I think that that's right. I also think that's in who we are admiring right now that's out there. We like people like Cardi B who just says it like it is and has yeah. like no Fs given and like that's how she lives her life. And I think that those types of women are, are ones that we are looking up to. Yeah, absolutely. Hey there, let's take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Care Of. At Career Contessa, it's no secret that I'm a creature of habit, especially when it comes to a quick breakfast on the go. I have a long commute, so breakfast on the go has become a regular part of that routine, which is why I was thrilled to be introduced to Care Of. Care Of offers customization to the world of protein powders, so you can take the guesswork out of finding a protein powder that fits your unique lifestyle, health, and diet goals. I started by taking the online quiz to learn more about my protein, fiber, and good fats needs. After a quick round of answers, Care Of provided my protein recommendation, which also incorporated my goals of getting full nutrition, even though I was going to basically be drinking my breakfast from now on. I was also easily able to add individual packets to my order, which makes it easy to travel healthier and even have an afternoon snack that's healthy and personalized to you. And I know protein powders have a reputation for not tasting the best or even having really confusing labels where you can't understand anything on them. Care Of provides honest guidance for their powders made with clean ingredients you can recognize from the best sources like grass-fed cows, vegan plant protein made from organic peas, hemp seeds, and pumpkin seeds. I promise they are delicious and you can taste the natural difference. By replacing my toast breakfast with a protein shake, I'm staying fuller till lunch and creating a foundation for a healthier diet too. Give yourself an extra boost this season, whether you're looking for more energy or just ready to feel your healthiest with 50% off your first order. Go to takecareof.com and enter females50 at checkout. Again, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter females F-E-M-A-I-L-S 50, five, zero. And get that 50% off so you can start having your protein powder or shake on the go or that healthier snack. I know you're going to love it. All right, now let's get back to the show. So I want to talk about workplace envy because I know we touched on it a little bit, yeah. but this was a question we had from a reader and I just, I just thought it was really goes hand in hand with this perfectionism. I don't want to say like illness, but it is a little bit of a contagious thing. And 
So what happened was the coworker got the promotion that she had been working hard to achieve. Mm. And the question, I guess, is essentially how does she remain brave during extreme disappointment? And the fact that, you know, it, while she's sort of happy that it went to another woman, it wasn't her. So yeah. that's a tough one. I mean, I think the thing is, is that we can't take it personally. And I think we still take it personally when it yeah. may not even be about you and it may be about what was an opportunity for them and not see it as like this. Like I've seen that happen where so many times we'll be like, well, I didn't get that promotion. Now I'm going to leave. Right. Right. And we walk away from organizations because we go from like, I didn't get that promotion to they don't believe in me. It will never happen to me. My career's over. Oh my God. Right. Right. And so how do we not go into that spiral? Yeah. It, it, it is a spiral. There's mm-hmm. no there's no in between, it feels like. It's either all or nothing. You're either happy and everything's going great or you're falling apart. And I think also for, for perfectionists, and I've even felt this way too, sometimes the spiral, you do it on purpose to kind yeah. of create something good out of it. So it's this weird feeling of like if, if you're – if something isn't going perfect, you're going to make it go really wrong so yeah. then it will feel perfect. The other thing is, is, and this may sound a little, I mean, I'm very spiritual, but like how do you call it into the universe? Like every time I think about how if things didn't happen for me, it wasn't time yet. It yeah. wasn't the right moment. Like in believing in the fact that it is your time. There are times in my life when I was in my 20s and 30s and I didn't get the promotion, but I wasn't ready for that yet. Right. And it wouldn't have worked out for me had I gotten it then. Right. We're in such a rush. I've, you know, I'm set, we're in such a rush. Whereas sometimes you got to slow down, enjoy the moment, learn in what's happening for you right now and just trust the universe and call it in because right. it will happen. Well, and I think you're, you know, disrupting perfection is essentially saying, have a new mindset, mm-hmm. stop being so impatient. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. And and while that might be totally difficult in the beginning, it do, you're saying it does get easier. It does. And I think it's like if you pursue excellence, not perfection, you're going to be all good. But that means you have to, we have to really enjoy the journey. I'm not saying it's not hard, mm-hmm. you know, but I, sometimes I also, I've told myself this, like, Sometimes you don't want everything to happen in your 20s and 30s because if everything happens to you, I, you in your 30s, what do you have to look forward to? Right. It's like uh, the saying of like, oh, I peaked in my t- my teens. You're like, yeah. oh, God, I hope I didn't peak in seventh grade. <laughs> that would be sad. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I look at Nancy Pelosi, I'm like, damn, that's awesome, right? That like you get to like you get to live all aspects of your life and it's all not happening. You know, for me... You know, I didn't see, you know, 20-year-olds being YouTube influencers making millions of dollars, so I didn't feel bad about myself. And now it's like you see and you think that that's normal, and right. it's not. Nor is it necessarily what you want. Yeah. We talk a lot about the glamorization of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have an opinion about this because it does feel like, you know, and maybe this is like living in LA in the land of, you know, YouTubers and influencers. So it does feel like <laughs> I don't get to travel to Tahiti and get paid for it and still make millions of dollars, you know? And so there's this feeling of entrepreneurship and that yeah. kind of stuff is really glamorous. And if you're working for a company and I don't know if that's... Or you're behind. Yeah, that you're behind. That you're behind. Mm-hmm. That like it's all past, it's too late. Right. And it's passing you over. And I think that, and like as a woman, I can only speak for myself, but like that would make me really anxious. Mm-hmm. I would feel super anxious that I was falling behind, especially with my peers. Yeah, I get caught up in that. I definitely get caught up in that. And how do you I just have to. out of I it? Do my, I do my call, my call it into the universe practice. And I like basically remind myself that, and I ask myself, do you really want it all to happen for you? at this moment in your life when your your son's four years old and you're 40? Like, uh, no, I actually, I would love a, I enjoy chasing the dream. If I was really honest, I enjoy chasing the dream. 
and it keeps me occupied and it keeps me thinking about like the next thing. I don't want it all to happen in this moment right now. Well, if the, I was really honest with myself. Well, and the myth of instant gratification, I think, is just that one, yeah. it doesn't exist, and two, most people will tell you the the ride was way more fun than the destination. Yeah, it's true. That's how I feel about this book. I mean, look, I've enjoyed every moment you know, of this, which is not normally, normally I'm so, I'm like onto the next thing, right? right. And then that, and here it's just like, it's fun to be able to work on something where you're just like, you're absorbing it and you're learning like in the moment and you don't necessarily have a specific destination. Right. I want to talk a little bit about your book writing process because this was a TED talk. Yeah. And then it became a book. You yeah. have a podcast that goes with it. So do you feel when you did the TED talk, did you have any idea that this was going to turn into no. <laughs> this multi piece? Well, I'm not going to look. I did want to give a TED talk that was going to influence a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And so, but I didn't necessarily want to give a TED talk that was that was going to lead to a book. I didn't want to write this. I was going to say <laughs> I did not want to write this book. And then, like, I gave this talk, and then I kept getting emails and text messages and Twitter you know, from from people all across country. Like, you know, women who worked at Walmart to women who worked in, in, in Arc Island and Chelsea being like, I do this. This is me. And so I wanted to go deeper and say, is there something about being brave, not perfect? And I learned that there is. And like, I'm on a, I'm trying to build a bravery revolution. Like, I'm serious. Like, Rashmi Sajani is serious about this, <laughs> right? Like, I'm real serious about this and real serious about the fact that like, just like how I felt at Girls Who Code, that like learning to code could build a generation of change makers. I think that learning how to be brave, not perfect will transform women's lives. I do too. I, I absolutely do too. And looking back now that you've done the TED Talk, you've talked to lots of women, you you have the book and all that, um, what is one main piece of advice you would leave to women who want to be in the brave revolution? And you know, what maybe one piece for the people who are just starting and one piece for the person who's like, I'm I'm committed to this, but it's hard. How do yeah, I stick I mean, with I it? I think the first one is like show up like a hot dog. So one of the stories I tell me book is about a little girl during Princess Week showed up dressed like a hot dog. Like if you can live life as a hot dog. <laughs> and not a princess. <laughs> and not a princess, I promise you'll be happier. And the second part for those, like, it's not easy to be brave. It doesn't always feel good. Right. And you will fall on and off the wagon. I fall on and off the wagon all the time. Get right back on. Do you have friends that help keep you supported? I mean, is yes. That- I mean, my husband helps me keep me keeps me accountable. My sisters here at Girls Who Code keep me accountable. Like people in my life keep me accountable, and I have a constant practice of self awareness. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But it's, it's joyful. I'm a happier person. My life has opened up in many ways, in ways as a mother. You know, like I can get to the gym. And I, you know, I lost my baby weight finally because I didn't feel guilty about going to the gym at 7.30 in the morning when my son Sean was waking up. And now I'm, I'm happy. I can look at pictures of myself. I can watch videos. I wasn't doing that. Right. And every day I had that nagging sense of like, I don't like what I look like. Mm-hmm. And for those of us, we know that that's not fun. Right. I heard one of your pieces of advice is to do something at the most inconvenient yes. time for everybody else. The most inconvenient time for everybody else. Go to the gym when everybody's getting up. Yeah. For me, it was like when my dog Stanley was like, really, lady? You know what I mean? You're, you're walking out the door and now I got to pee. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I got to go. Yeah. And like, you know what? You all can figure it out. Yeah. I also think one of the things I've taken from your story is to just be able to be okay with moving a little slower. Mm. I find that, at least in my own life, I'm trying to do so much so quickly and get it all done 
that I will always sacrifice like the me time, you know, or um, like it's really, everyone always asks me this. I have a really long commute. Our office is almost an hour and a half away from my home. People are like, but you're the boss, put the office next to you. I'm like, no, no, no. Everybody lives on that side of town. It's nicer for them. But it's, that's, it's like a perfectionist vibe. You want people to like you. I want, yeah, I don't want them inconvenience. I'm happy to inconvenience myself. I don't want them, you know, and it's kind of. turn that around. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm afraid of everybody being, you know, turned up over it, you know. And that you'll be the bitch. Yeah. And selfish. Well, I think that is definitely something that happens for women. It's like, and then, you know, if you put yourself first or you do whatever it is like that, then it's like, oh, she's so high maintenance. She's such a bitch. And certainly women have put those labels on each other as well. And it's not realistic to, you know, like, listen, I think it's, you always care a little bit what people think, but you have to just figure out how you care less and less and less. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's really good advice. All right. Let's move into some rapid fire. Cool. And these can be quick uh, answers, one word to a sentence. If you weren't a founder and an author, you'd be? A Bollywood star. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. I was not expecting that. I was like thinking you were going to say like brain surgeon or something very academic. Okay. A question you always ask in an interview is? What's your biggest failure? They should be prepared for that at this yeah. point. Um, a book slash podcast slash website you're excited about right now is? Mm. The Daily Scheme Girls are coming out with a book, and I'm really excited about their book. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Danielle and Carly are going to write something awesome. I also love that everyone is kind of starting to write the book that mm-hmm. goes with their site. It mm-hmm. feels really nice. Yeah. It's like, all right, thank you. Now I've got the foundational yeah, piece yeah. and now I can, you know, also follow you on my phone every day. And how do you plan to disrupt your career in 2019, which I know you've already disrupted it a lot with your book tour and oh your book. God, what out. else can I do? And it's like a perfectionist question too. It's like, what more could you do? I would love to find three weeks between now and the end of the year where I can actually sit on a beach and think. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah. I dream about sabbaticals and I plan them every year and it never happens. Why doesn't it happen? Just Because I just then, yeah, mm-hmm. someone needs this or that or that or that. And my itch, like I shrink by my vacation time. Right, right. I'm not going to do it this year. Yeah. Well, you, you deserve your sabbatical. You've been a very busy woman. And so your book is called Brave Not Perfect. The podcast is called Brave Not Perfect. Where else can we follow you and you know, all the brave, not perfect stuff. Well, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rashmasa Johnny, like sign on to team brave and like hashtag your brave, not perfect experiences. Go to my website, learn where I'm going to be in your hood. Yeah. And, you know, come and learn more about girls who code and the amazing work that we're doing. Right. And I think more importantly, you know, find a friend who maybe will be your brave accountability buddy through this too. Yes. Like we're building a movement. Like if you read this book and it moves you, give it to to a friend. Right. Like we can, we like, this is the moment. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. That was Reshma Sajani, founder of Girls Who Code, author of Brave Not Perfect, and a woman disrupting the perfection trap. Thank you for listening to this episode, our last for season two of The Females. It has certainly been a season full of disruption. With a literal new season fast approaching, we really wanted to shake things up on The Females, which is why we'll be launching our summer school series. It's like school, but for your career. Each week, starting June 4th, we'll have one expert come on the show to teach us one specific work-related skill, and then we'll move into listener Q&A. That's right. You can ask me and the Career Contessa team your specific career questions by leaving us a voicemail that we'll play in the summer school episodes. Maybe you're wondering how to deal with a passive-aggressive coworker, 
Or maybe your boss is taking credit for your work. Or even better, maybe you have two job offers and you don't know what to do. The bigger the career challenge, the better. We're here to help. To participate, please call our new career hotline at 844-FEMALES. That's 844-FEMALES or 336-2457 and leave your voicemail. I've also included that phone number in the show notes. We'll launch Summer School on June 4th. And until then, you can subscribe to us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on at Career Contessa on Instagram and catch up on the past seasons. And don't forget to leave us a voicemail.